can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We figured since we've got a bit of spare time on our hands, we'd interview some of our fave celebs and influential figures in the beauty industry and share those interviews with you. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when a bonus episode drops. So we've never actually had an athlete on our podcast before. So we're very excited to be welcoming three-time Olympic swimmer, Kate Campbell, to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you. This is very exciting. It's very nice to have a female athlete on here. And I want to discuss the disaster that 2020 has been, especially for athletes and especially for Olympians. So can you tell us a little bit about what has happened over 2020 are they rescheduled what's going on yeah wow what a year um I feel like we cannot say that enough firstly um (laughs) yeah I think that everyone has this moment where coronavirus became real to them it was like Mm. this concept that was happening to people outside of our control and like you know there was something happening somewhere but then boom it suddenly hit us and um for me that was Monday, March the 23rd. That was the day that we got the news that the Olympics were not going ahead. As an athlete, this is probably the worst thing that you can hear. We train for four years, you know, but really it's your whole life to perform at this one moment in time. For me, you know, my events last one of them less than 30 seconds and one of them less than a minute. So we've kind of formulated our, our four-year plan to revolve around, for me, a minute 30, which seems crazy. <laughs> and I am crazy. I'm, I'm very, very willing to admit that. And it kind of knocked everyone for six. We, we didn't really know what was going on. And, yeah, it was, it was really, really tough. But we have a new date. Uh, so on July the 23rd, 2021, the 2020 Olympic Games will be held in Tokyo. So they are doing everything in their power to make sure that the Olympics will go ahead. And I can say with as much certainty as I can that they will go ahead. It'll look quite different, but I think the world is going to look quite different for a while so yeah uh, Mm. in some capacity we will have an olympic games which is so exciting will they still be called the 2020 olympics yeah are we we, or are we just wiping that from our memories because that messes up the whole like (laughs) four years four thing now it does it does um i think they're gonna keep calling it the 2020 olympics but i i just call it the 2021 olympics because 2020 i just want to forget about it Quite frankly, I don't ever Mm, want to hear 2020 ever again. I'm really focused on 2021. Mm. (laughs) In my head, they're the 2021 Olympics. And yes, then it will be a three-year cycle between Paris 2024, which is something else that none of us have had to deal with before. But in some ways, it's exciting. It's a new challenge. Um, You know, life can be a little too boring sometimes. No, that's a lie. I could really go for a little bit more boredom at the moment. (laughs) So to get on to the beauty chat, we are massive SBF fans on this podcast and we have convinced, I would say, 99.9% of our audience to wear SBF daily. But this is only something that you've 
recently started doing, as I understand. Oh, yes. So you have recently joined Aven as their sunscreen ambassador um, because you were recently diagnosed with melanoma. Can you tell us about that experience and how that has changed your mindset about sunscreen? Yeah, so I am very late to the SBF party. Um, I have always had quite fair skin. I've always burned a lot and I've always just kind of been like, well, that's just going to be me. I'm one of those people who when I go out in the sun, I'm just going to get a little rosy. That changed for me in 2011. Sunscreen was always something that I was meant to do and that I never did. And I just dealt with the consequences afterwards. But in 2018, I went for a routine skin check and they kind of didn't like the look of a mole on my arm that I'd had my whole life and which had always been fine. And the dermatologist said, oh, we'll, we'll just take a little biopsy of that mole and we'll give you the pathology results tomorrow. And I, and I got the call from her the next day and she said, look, we've got some good news, but we also have some bad news. The bad news is, is that that mole is a melanoma. And at that moment, you just... When you hear melanoma, you hear cancer and you think chemo and what that is going to mean for you. But she said the good news is, is that it's stage one. And so this should be really easily treatable. We'll just go in. We need to take a wider margin around the mole. You'll have a nice big scar on your arm, but that should be it. We think we've caught it early enough. And so I went back in and, and they took out um, a wider margin around the mole and made sure that they had all of those cancerous cells. And so essentially my melanoma is like it didn't exist except for a really cool scar on my arm. And in that moment, I just thought, wow, I need to start taking SBF more seriously. Not only can it prevent things like this, but if I hadn't got a, gone and got that skin check, if the uh, melanoma had progressed to stage two, which means it's just grown a millimeter under my skin, it could have gone into my bloodstream, gone into my lymph nodes. I could have potentially had to have radiation therapy. If you move to stage three and stage four, by the time of stage four, the mortality rate for melanoma is 80% which is terrifying. So I, from then I was like, okay, this is my, I have this platform through my sport. It's an opportunity to share the message of sun safety and sunscreen is one of the easiest way you can protect yourself from harmful UV rays. Yeah. I think it's so important to have these conversations because a lot of people, especially young people think that they're just, you know, immune to these kind of things happening to them. But it is something that affects a lot of young people. As you said, you're only 28. We've interviewed a 26-year-old woman suffering with melanoma and it really can affect anyone. So it's really important to go and have skin checks and wear your sunscreen. You're not immune to it and it can happen to anyone. It doesn't matter if you're fair-skinned or not. It can literally happen to anyone. Actually, I will mention here, Bob Marley died of melanoma. So there's just a fact for you. Mm. As someone who I imagine is in and out of the water all the time, what are your personal rules around reapplying your sunscreen? Like, Do you lather a new layer on after every dip in the pool or after you've toweled off? I imagine this is quite the juggling act. Mm, yes. Yeah, it can be. Um, fortunately, if I'm training outdoors, most of my training 
takes place kind of earlier in the morning and later in the evening. So I'm out of the really intense sun, sun rays. So I'll just apply sunscreen kind of once before I hop in the pool. That'll kind of last me through the, the two hour training session. But I am a massive beach body. I routinely leave training on a Saturday morning and head straight to the beach. And I'm at the beach um, all day. Uh, getting in and out of the water swimming. I'm, I'm not a super fan of tanning on the sand. I'm, I'm more of an active beach uh, goer. So, and I make sure I get to the beach, I apply sunscreen, I go for a swim, I come and I dry off, I reapply sunscreen. If I then go back into the water uh, and come back out, after every time I get out of the water, I just reapply sunscreen. And I think the my number one tip for people is to stash sunscreen everywhere. How often do you get to the beach and you're like, oh man, I wish I brought sunscreen. I have about four bottles that sit in my car. I have sunscreen in every little handbag that I have so that if I have forgotten to get it, I know that I have some on hand. It's like we put tampons everywhere. Like I'm forever finding tampons in little weird areas or pockets of bags that I don't even know were there. And you always have them in case of emergency. So treat treat your sunscreen like you do your tampons and stash little bottles everywhere. You can get all different sizes. And also you can help out a friend as well. How mm-hmm. many times have you helped a girl out and given them a tampon? help a girl out and give them some sunscreen too. Yeah. I always forget that, especially if I'm like out at a cafe or something and it ends up being sunny and I haven't put sunscreen on my body and my shoulders are bare. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to find the shade. (laughs) As you were saying, that reminded me, you were saying you you swim in the sea. I'm up in Byron at the moment and I was chatting to someone last night and I was like, I'm really scared of the sea. Same. I find the sea so scary. I don't know how people (laughs) swim in the sea. I think think if you're a strong swimmer, it's probably less scary. Well, it's funny you say that. I always swim between the flags, like Mm. religiously. Uh, I'm I'm a fairly decent swimmer. But (laughs) I just think that Mother Nature is just something you don't play with. And if there are flags on the beach, I'm going to swim between them. And if there are not flags, I'm not swimming. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of swimming, chlorine and salt water can absolutely ravage our skin and hair. So what are your tips for anyone spending a lot of time in the water? I'm sure you've got some go-to products that you swear by for skin and hair, surely. Yeah, um, it's like this constant battle. Um, I, I get out of the pool and I can feel like your face feels stretched and tight because it's so, so dry. So my tip is to put moisturizer on as soon as you get out of the pool. And I'm, I'm not talking a day moisturizer. I use nighttime moisturizers for as soon as I get out of the pool. So as soon as I hop out, it's like the first, I, I, I have a shower, so rinse the chlorine off. And then I put on moisturizer before I even get out of my swimmers. Like it's, it's as soon as possible. And yeah, whatever in intensive night, night cream that you use, I would highly recommend taking that and putting that in your swimming bag because you want to get as much hydration on your face as possible. And then I follow it up with an SPF immediately afterwards. That's, that's something that, that I'm really religious about. In terms of hair care, I've tried lots of different <laughs> products and the the company that I found that has worked best for me is um, a local Brisbane company called Knack. 
And they specialize in some really, really awesome hair products. They have this shampoo that you use once a week and it helps remove the chemicals that the chlorine leaves in your hair. So it strips that back and then they have a three-minute miracle treatment. I make sure that on a Sunday I'm I'm stripping my hair of of all those nasty chlorine chemicals that are left behind and then I'm putting a, a deep moisture three-minute treatment on and it it doesn't take long um i'm gonna put up my hand and say that i am someone who a quick beauty routine is a good beauty routine um and so anything that i can find that takes the least amount of time possible but is the most effective is the thing that i use so yeah those those are probably my tips and oh people always ask how do i get rid of the goggle marks around my eyes when you (laughs) hop out of the pool and i have definitely been guilty of like going to the cafe after after training and looking like a raccoon (laughs) massage your moisturizer around your eyes so where you see those goggle marks on your face give them a really really good massage and that'll really really help increase the circulation and once your skin has kind of relaxed a little bit from um, the shock that the chlorine gives it it'll help get rid of those marks really easily. Mm, Some very good tips there. So Kate, on every episode of this podcast, we have a segment called the Cringy Convo, where we talk about things related to beauty. They're a little bit more cringy. So we have a question for you. So wedgies, thrush and periods. We are intrigued to know firstly, how you avoid wedgies in a one piece. Secondly, if wearing wet bathers causes thrush, like our resident GP said it could. And thirdly, were menstrual cups a game changer for female swimmers? Firstly, I think that this is my favourite question I have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, we never talk about this stuff enough and it's something that everyone experiences and yet no one is willing to talk about. So, yeah, this is hands down my favourite question I have ever been asked. Um, Wedgies. They're a struggle, but ultimately unavoidable. You're just going to have to embrace them, unfortunately. And if the world gets to see a little more of your butt, well, lucky world is is kind of my philosophy. Um, The G-string bikini is kind of in at the moment. So if you don't want to worry about the wedgie and you want to go straight to like the prescribed wedgie, um, just just go the G-string bikini. I'm all for it. Um, Thrush. I am pretty good about getting changed quite quickly. So I sometimes take a couple of pairs of, of bikini bottoms to the beach so that it's that I'm not sitting around in wet bikini bottoms. Um, I know that this is something that women can struggle with more than others. Fortunately, I don't struggle with it an awful lot, but that's just a really easy thing to do just to put on dry bottoms in between your swims is something that that I do if I know that I'm going to be at the beach and in and out of the water for a long period of time. And periods. Oh, I love that we're talking about periods. Uh, The menstrual cup, I think, is just, it's revolutionized for for some women um, managing their period. And uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, the tampon string that kind of can can poke out. And I know that I've I've been at at swim training and a a girl has tapped me on the shoulder and just said, Kate, like your tampon strings come out because we get wedgies. So a menstrual cup is, if, if it works for you and can take a little bit of trial and error to find one that works for you. But if you can get it to work, it's a game changer, girls. Look, there, there are lots of joys about being women, 
but I'm so glad that we can talk about them, that we can share our experiences because otherwise you think that it's a problem that you have and that no one else has. So yeah, those are are my two cents worth on on that question. Love those answers. (laughs) Um, So as we've mentioned, you are a three-time Olympic swimmer. So I imagine that you've probably faced your fair share of criticism. And it's one thing we often discuss with high-profile guests of different backgrounds is how they deal with negativity and particularly online. Is that something that you've experienced in your career as an athlete so far? Yeah, it's, it's one of the challenges about living in this day and age. And I, I have received my fair share of negative comments, trolling. It's pretty much just bullying uh, online. And I think that it does take a little bit of getting used to. Uh, we live in the world where feedback is visible from everyone, whether or not that feedback deserves to be heard. Well, and I don't even think that feedback is the right word because feedback implies that there is some constructive element to what you're telling someone. And the personal attacks and verbal abuse that people are subjected to online does not fall under feedback. It just comes under bullying. And I wonder where we think that it's appropriate to tell someone something virtually that we wouldn't say to their face physically. Mm, Yes, I agree with that totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I just think for, for the youth of today to be constantly available to attacks is something that's really challenging. And my my advice is to be really careful about the people who you allow into your circle, both physically and virtually. Uh, make sure that the accounts that you're following are really positive. And make sure that the people who are following you or have access to you are going to be filling your cup, especially during times that are going to be really stressful. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there is a wonderful propensity for social media to have a really positive impact. The uh, amount of love and support that I've received online has been really, really inspiring. And I think that unfortunately that there are going to be those negative comments out there and it's hard because those negative comments are the ones that stick with you the most. I, I, I never lie in bed and think about all the wonderful comments that I've received on my Instagram. I, I lie in bed and I think of all the, the terrible ones, but it's, it's about learning to try and let those go and talk to someone physical about it. And, and ask them what they think. And most of the time they're going to say, that's absolute rubbish, Kate. You're amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. Hannah and I are definitely guilty of um, only thinking of the negative stuff and not acknowledging all the positive comments that we yeah. get as well. Mm-hmm. You tend to just get stuck on it sometimes. And there's, you know, some things that really cut through or some things that you're like, oh, you know, I don't really care about that. But it is, yeah, it is very hard to take on um, negative, mm. would we call it feedback or would we not call it feedback? <laughs> I still call it trolling, yeah. keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah. Kate, if there are any girls or women listening who aspire to have a career in sport, whether that be an actual athlete or as a physio or a coach, what advice would you have for them? Oh, I love this question as well. Uh, firstly, my number one piece of advice is 
make sure that you're passionate about the thing that you're involved in. So um, for, for me, it was swimming and it's uh, about sport. I hope to remain in, involved in sport in some way well after I finally hang up my swimmers for good. Uh, the secondly uh, is that it can be quite a male-dominated industry, but the good news is, is that is changing a lot. Uh, for the female athletes out there, I would, especially those who are quite young and or going through puberty, that can be a really challenging time for female athletes. Our bodies undergo this really, really big, significant change. And I would really encourage you to keep going, even when things are getting a little bit unstable. I had um, a a period of, of time while I was going through puberty where my times weren't improving. I was, I was putting on weight and I didn't know why, but I kind of kept going and saw it through. Um, and if you're a parent of a, of a young athlete who's, who's going through that change and, and they're kind of feeling self-conscious or concerned about it, keep going. I hope that you have a really supportive, encouraging coach like mine was who never made a comment about my weight or how I looked but who continued to support me throughout. So I, I really hope that you have that. And if you don't, make sure that you go and find a really good coach. And I would say that if you want to become a physio, go find yourself a really good mentor. My coach is my mentor and we've worked incredibly well together. Um, I've actually been with him for, for 19 years. So he's, he's taken me from a nine-year-old to a 28-year-old. So he's, he's been there through and, and walked me through every step of of that challenge and I would encourage you to find a mentor. So make sure you're passionate about it. Keep persevering even when things are a little bit challenging and then find a mentor who's going to be able to guide you through through that process. Uh, I guess the, those would be my top three advice. That is really good advice for any girls or women that are looking to get into sport. As you said, it is a very male-dominated industry. So I commend any girls that do want to get involved in sport. Um, now, just to touch on sunscreens to finish off with, I actually bought the Aven sunscreen for my dad and for my nephew, who's just a baby, but he'll be wearing sunscreen soon. Can you tell us what is your daily sunscreen that you choose to wear? So I put, like I said, a, a moisturizer. I use the Aven Hydrants Aqua Gel on my face immediately yes, after swimming. It's a nice one. It's oh, so, so moisturizing. And, and I, I put that on and then I immediately follow it up with, with their face sunscreen. And then I stash their body sunscreen in every place that I can find. And I have little bottles of it everywhere. Do you so use the spray one? I use I use this the spray one because it reduces the rubbing time. It means that you're not you're not left with this really sticky, oily residue on your hand or, or I think that we've all been guilty of like squeezing sunscreen into our hands and then applying it to a friend and their back just looks like the Antarctic because yeah. you put way too much on and you're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do with all this excess sunscreen? So I stash bottles of that everywhere. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Kate. It's been awesome to chat to you and have our first athlete on the show. So hopefully more to come, but it was great to have you and have a chat with you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been an absolute joy. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Thank you.